everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, hey RJ, how you doing, man? Excellente. Doing well. How are you? Excellente. Have some uh, tacos for lunch. What happened? I don't know. Something stuck in my head. Did it? <laughs> Excellent. Uh, no, things are well. I just finished my last day of work for my uh, for my main employer. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'm I'm off for a while. So uh, looking forward to that. Just by vacation time. Fun and hanging out with the kids and we have some nice weather here well it's a bit hot but uh i mean <laughs> what not for what florida hot? standard yeah uh, what is hot <laughs> just over 30 degrees celsius oh that's not that's uh, not chilly it's not chilly no and and i mean the nice thing in calgary is that it typically cools off during the night yeah um so it's not you know it's not down to 25 during the night and stuff because i can't yeah. sleep then but uh no so uh <laughs> yeah things are good what's oh, happening man. in florida uh, not much. We're just, uh, we're roasting in our summer heat. Um, yeah. there's no good time of day. Uh, it is, uh, hot with a thousand percent humidity. When you wake up, the humidity goes down just a touch in the afternoon. So it goes up to 102 degrees. Um, so nobody leaves our houses. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about leaving houses. That's a nice bridge. Uh, <laughs> so we just talked to a, a very, very interesting and fun athlete to talk to who, who left her, her house on her, home yeah. nation to uh, to move to Norway to Lillehammer and uh, yeah it was another f- very fun cool conversation it really was uh, we got to hear a lot about what it's like to compete for a um, well I was gonna say a very small uh, nation a very small federation but uh, it's it she's the, she is the federation so um, yeah and her uh, family and, and her family yep and, yeah. and her family so uh, you know it's, it's really neat getting to hear sort of what her experiences are like, you know, versus, you know, after last week, um, we got to talk with and speaking with, uh, Yul, Yul Bernat and, uh, and Vanessa Hens, um, you know, uh, Canada and, and Germany. So, um, you know, it was just a, just a different experience we got to hear about this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's also funny how, um, you know, I always see Canada as a small biathlon nation, but then mm-hmm. you hear, uh, so it's a ukulele uh mark that we are talking about from greenland slash denmark depending if it's olympics or or uh, ibu but uh <laughs> yeah you hear that and you're you're thinking well you know canada is not that small uh, yeah. yeah for a, for a biathlon nation but uh she told this one story and i'm just going to highlight it here because if if you're not you know uh I, there, there were so many interesting things that she talked about that that i just want to highlight this she talked about playing settlers of Catan with uh athletes from Australia yeah. and New Zealand. And I just thought that was like, just such a, it just stuck in my head as this really cool picture. And I would just, I would love to be there because these are like the smallest, least traditional of the, of the, of the, you know, the, the biathlon nations that we see out there. And just, um, I think it's just, it's very neat when we get an opportunity to hear from them. Absolutely. And uh, I, I liked the chat we had about the, uh, you know, potentially bringing the, nations together competitively to smaller nations and uh she was she was very um energetic and and and, and fun i hope uh, everybody enjoys it uh, absolutely 
Was there any other news you wanted to uh, talk about before we uh, go to the podcast? I know some people in biathlon got married and... Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's a wedding season in biathlon. So uh, congratulations to everybody. At some point, we're going to have to go through and, and make a list because I think there have been about four or five weddings. And there's some name changes. So before the before the new season starts, we're going to have to we're going to have to get everybody on on, uh, yeah. on the list somewhere. Uh, and, and that makes me think of, uh, you know, we've talked about Real Biathlon's website, how much uh, awesome work he's doing there. But um, I know when I started using his data, they only had the names, which of course was a huge problem with people getting married, changing names, that kind of thing. But um, during the last season, I think at the beginning of last season, he actually added the IBU ID. So um, even if name, names change over time, the IBU ID stays, stays the same. So uh, that makes it a lot easier to uh, um, work with the data. So uh, yeah, realbiathlon.com is a, a great website if you uh, want to do any analysis with biathlon data. Definitely um, check it out. There was one other thing that, oh yeah, the uh, Martin Fourcade Nordic yes. Festival uh, now came out officially with some announcements of athletes. Um, I hope it's more than the two that we've seen so far. <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty pretty quiet festival. Yeah. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, it's just a planned gradual rollout of the uh, the athletes that will be participating. But um, but other than that, one yeah, of the, I Well, I uh, wanted to mention, though, that one of the athletes announced was Marketa Davidova, uh, right? Uh, so, old news, right? Old news. Well, that's what I was going to say is that it was announced officially <laughs> But we had this on our show back with uh, Egel back in May. So yeah. uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you have to pat yourself on the shoulder, right? Yes. Yes. But, yeah. uh, anyway, let's uh, head out to the uh, interview with Ukelek Sletmark. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to uh, penaltyloopodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter. And um like I said, I hope you have as much fun as we did uh, with Ukalek. Absolutely. Enjoy, guys. Through the eyes of. Hey, Ukalek, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, so uh, just to go ahead and start, uh, do you mind just giving uh, a little introduction to our audience, anybody who might not necessarily know who you are, uh, kind of where you're from and how you got into biathlon? Um, you know, anything, uh, anything that, uh, you want to share? Yeah. So, um, my name is Sukalek and I'm 20 years old and, and I am from Greenland. Um, and I got into biathlon because, uh, my parents were doing it, uh, when I was, uh, a kid. So they traveled with me when I was from uh, zero to four years old. Uh, and yeah, so I traveled with them in the world cup and the IBU cup. And then when I got older, um, I tried it, um, in my local club. Um, and then I kind of stopped for a few years. Um, but then they, in Nuuk, where I lived in Greenland, uh, they had this, uh, competition called Arctic Winter Games. Uh, and mm. I was allowed to participate there because I had tried biathlon before and I thought it was the best thing ever. So I wanted to do it, uh, full time. Um, and then I moved to Norway to pursue it. Did yeah. you have family there or did you just go all by yourself? Or? Um, well, my dad is Norwegian. 
So okay. I have uh, half of my family lives in Norway, but um, but we moved to Yailo, which is like a skiing place. Mm-hmm. Um, and my whole family, when when I got into this um, this, I got into a sports school. Uh, so when I got in there, my my whole family moved because they thought it was too long uh, or too far away from Greenland for me to mm-hmm. go there by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the whole family moved. Um, and uh, wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah, very cool. And then so, your brothers uh, are in biathlon too, right? That's yes, exactly what yeah. I was going to ask. Yeah. Uh, they are uh, the oldest one, Sandra. He's uh, in the third grade now, in in the same school that I went to, and now my youngest, Inuk, is also going to start there. So wow, we're whole the whole family is uh, it's a whole biathlon family. Wow. So, so yeah. I'm just curious. So with your dad being Norwegian, do you have like dual citizenship or? No, I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, I I only Greenlandic, but I'm going to. I think I'm going to apply for a for a dual citizenship. Okay. Still race then, for, for Greenland and Denmark though, right? Uh, well, now I have for Greenland. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. if, I would, if I would have a dual citizenship, it would be for Norway and Greenland. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yes. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I saw on uh, the Olympics, they, they, they don't have Greenland apparently. No, they, they don't. The IOC doesn't accept Greenland as a country. Uh, but the IBU mm-hmm. does. So when I'm in the World Cup and the IBU Cup, I race for Greenland. But for the Olympics, it's for Denmark. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's interesting because you'll see in the Summer Olympics, I, I've noted, you'll see like the British Virgin Islands will compete or Puerto Rico will compete as their own. I'm just surprised that they don't recognize Greenland. Yeah. I I mean, it's. I think it's... Um, uh, I think the IOC only accepts what the UN accepts as nations. Uh, um, and Greenland is not a country on UN's lists of nations, so okay. that's why. Well, maybe you can be the uh, the the first flag bearer in the Olympics for a, uh, a, a country of Greenland that gets to compete someday. Yeah, I hope. That would yeah, be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, now you, you said was, I apologize, your, your, your parents were biathletes? Yeah. Okay. And did, did they compete on a, on an international level? Yeah, they, uh, uh, my mom started doing biathlon or they were both cross country skiers mm-hmm. and then she started, uh, she started first and, and she was a biathlete while my dad was a cross country skier. But mm-hmm. then when I was born, they found out that it was better that he also, started doing biathlon because then they could travel together uh, <laughs> when they had small kids. Um, yeah. So, so they competed in the, in the IBU cup and the world cup um, okay. when, when I was a, when I was a kid. And then how, how young were you when you actually did start competing in biathlon? Um, I did. Well, we moved a bit back and forth between Greenland and Norway. So mm-hmm. when we lived in Norway, I, I did, I started uh, when I was, I think, 11 or 12. And then I did it for one year. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of stopped. And then I started again when I was uh, 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so now you're in Lillehammer. So this is where you do most of your training. Yeah. I assume, right? Okay. So uh, is there anything about uh, uh, the time that you spent in Greenland that, 
uh, has impacted the way that you compete. And actually what I'm thinking about in particular is you are an exceptional shooter. And is any of that because of, of your experiences in Greenland or is that just, you know, a natural talent that you have? You know, a lot of people ask that. They ask if, because I, we hunt a lot. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's very different because it's a different caliber and it's different the way you, I mean, I guess it's kind of the same because you have a lot of adrenaline. But, but I think also that it's um, just, just to have that experience with weapons uh, and know how to handle a weapon, I guess that mm-hmm. impacts it a little bit. Um, and maybe also the fascination with shooting um, comes a little bit from there. But it's not the same at all. Like it's when you hunt, you, you walk for hours and then you have one shot. And that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Athlon, it's uh, yeah. yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's so, a, so, a sprint and then lots of shots. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just curious what it's like to grow up in Greenland because I'm assuming, like now with your family in Norway, is that every every biathlete from Greenland is now in Norway, or is that is yeah. it pretty popular? Or <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, well, we are, yeah, we are basically the only ones. We are trying to get some young athletes to start some young cross-country skiers. Um, so there has been some that has been like on and off. And now we have a group of kids uh, that want to start doing it more and start doing nice. it um, with training camps and, and maybe a bit of competitions as well. But we are, yeah, we, it's mostly <laughs> my family. Because is the the biathlon facilities in Greenland is pretty much your family's backyard, or there's no biathlon range in Greenland. Okay. So uh, it's yeah, right now it's not possible uh, to shoot there. But you like, I'm sure you practice somewhere in the in the woods or not at all. Um, well, it's allowed to shoot if you are. I think it's 500 meters away from buildings. So okay. I have like one target. Uh, that's like a metal target that goes up <laughs> or that, or I have uh, paper targets and then I can go out in the right. floor and shoot. Um, but it's not a priority when I'm there because it's, it's it will never be as good as here anyways. So it's right. most yeah, yeah. To, to just uh, uh, not completely forget it while right. I'm there. Yeah. And so is, and, and excuse me for my ignorance, but um, is Greenland literally like, mostly ice or is yeah. the town where you grow up is that still in the middle of trees or is it like a, a well, city or there's no trees in greenland hmm. because it's not hot enough but uh i mean when you look at a map it's mostly ice um, mm-hmm. and you really live by the coast so all of the all of the um towns are by the coast and right. where i grew up the capital is also by the coast um and it's, uh, I mean, it, it, it gets warm, like it's not winter all year. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not uh, very warm. I think the warmest uh, month is like 10 degrees. Um, so it's like, that's why there's no trees as well. Okay. It's, it's too cold in the summer. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not very green. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, where, where did they come up with that that name? No, I think that was the Vikings that made that up. Um, okay. 
uh, no, but it's, um, yeah, it's not, I don't know. It's, uh, to me, it's beautiful, <laughs> but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's not green. Uh, it's not, uh, it's not a lot of flowers or trees or stuff like that, but it's right. Um, right. And so, so is the official language Danish and then there is, I'm assuming there is a native language. Greenlandic and Danish. Greenland? Greenlandic okay. and Danish are, are equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. But mo- most people speak Greenlandic. And then nice. in Nuuk, where I grew up, it's maybe 50-50. Danish and oh, okay. Okay. And then did you also grow up speaking Norwegian? Yeah. Okay. So how many languages do you speak? Uh, Danish, Norwegian, English, German, and a little bit of Greenlandic. I don't, know, I don't speak very Greenlandic very well because uh, my mom didn't learn. So oh. yeah, I spoke Danish when I lived. Yeah, in- so we'll blame her. Yeah. <laughs> no, we blame the Danish government. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> is there is there any uh I don't know, we're getting way off biathlon here, but is there any sort of <laughs> like separation desire from Greenland or or yeah. like uh yeah? Yeah. They prefer to be like completely on their own. Yeah. Uh yes. I mean it's it's just um it needs it. It's a longer process. It, it's not going to happen overnight. But people want to be separated from okay. Denmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <clears throat> training in in Lillehammer, and with uh, Norwegian background, do you ever train? Uh, this is getting back to the biathlon in a big way. Do you ever train with the Norwegian athletes at all? Or I know the the German women um, at least have been in Lillehammer recently. Do you ever do you ever train with them while they while they are there, or are you just doing your own thing? Uh, so I'm on a team, uh, like a private team that's called Team oh. Max- Maxim. Yeah, uh, and they they are uh, in Lillehammer, so I train with them. Got it. Um, so and I also have training buddies outside of the team as well. Mm-hmm. And the last two years, I've been on the uh, junior Norwegian junior uh, national team uh, and trained okay. with them. Um, and I don't really, I haven't seen the Germans actually, but hmm. yeah, <laughs> they're hiding out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have a? So, so I'm assuming then you have uh, a team coach from Maxim. Yeah. But then, so on the World Cup, do they come with you, or do you? Uh, do you well, work this with is them? my this is my first year with them. Okay. Uh, but he will not uh, come for the World Cup. Um, when I'm in the World Cup, it's my mom who's with me. Okay. Uh, so we are traveling. And then I assume I will keep in contact with him just over a phone. Right. And yeah. then your mom is also your wax tech. And, uh, yeah. Well, everything except for a wax tech, yeah. Okay. He's <laughs> the <laughs> team leader and shooting coach and ch- chef and... Yeah, everything. But uh, with the wax, we we get it from someone else because uh, oh, nice. that's the one mm-hmm. thing we cannot we cannot match. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty hard. Bring your own uh, Greenland wax truck <laughs> to every World yeah. Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the um, waxers—they are working. You know, they're working so hard. You need oh yeah, you need <clears throat> ten waxers to get a good pair of skis, and we wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to afford that. Yeah, so no, that's sure. why we get it from either Norway or Germany. Nice. Yeah. Well, when you uh, when when your brothers are there too, maybe you can get some more <laughs> some more national funding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're supplying an entire team at that point. 
what's it like having your mom as your coach? I know sometimes uh, having uh, you know family or parents can be a little bit difficult sometimes, but I'm sure there's also a comfort level there. You know, just because you guys know each other and yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like it's it's really nice to have someone I know uh, for the whole season, and because I'm so I feel so safe with her. Mm-hmm. But also, it's um, it's also difficult to balance um, how when when are you acting like my mom and when are you acting like the <laughs> yeah. federation or or what what role um, should I have here and what role should should she have right now mm-hmm. um, and uh, so that's something we are trying to figure out because it's not it's not always so easy and also because I know that of course they want the best for me uh but also they want the best for the federation for example they the federation of course they want me to do as much races as possible and they want me to race in the world cup because that um is better for them and uh, that makes more money for the federation but that's not necessarily best for me and for my uh, development um, mm. And that's something I have to have in mind when we talk about what kind, what races I'm going to do and and stuff like that. And also, because we're a small federation, I'm very involved in everything that happens, like where we are going to live, and of course, I decide what races I'm going to do. No other athlete does that. Everyone else, they they get told you are qualified for this, so you race this. Mm. But because <laughs> but because we are so small, I get to decide. And that's, of course, awesome because that uh, that means I can decide what's uh, what's best for me. But but sometimes I don't know what's best for me, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes the choices just get so overwhelming. Yeah. So it's a it's a balance uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'm I wouldn't have it any other way because it's um, it's awesome having my family with me when I'm when I'm mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. so much. So, so was it is, your decision after the Olympics to uh, to go to Soldier Hollow for the for the youth and junior rather than going back to the World Cup? Or uh, well, I guess it had already been decided um, before I went to the Olympics, but but like afterwards, I probably should just have gone home because I was mm-hmm. so tired. But uh, yeah, uh, it had it was. Uh, it was something we kind of talked about and had already decided. Um, is there anybody that you talk to uh, to help you make these decisions? Obviously people in your team, but are there any uh, people outside, maybe on some of the other teams or just other friends that you, you go to, to to help you try to figure figure this stuff out? Well, it's my it's my parents and yeah. the Federation, and then it's my coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then... I was going to ask, so I know that uh, you're working with, with, and we can talk about this later too, but you're working with Christian Wolf as, uh, with, the, with the podcast, right? Yeah. And uh, so we had talked to him about that. And I don't know if, if uh, he had any, if you, in any, any way to, to help you out at all, or um, if you've worked with him at all, just in sort of uh, you know, planning out training or, or stuff like that, or leaning on him for uh, any, uh, any advice you can give. Oh, not really. No, not yeah. like that. Um... Yeah. We we kind of only know each other from the podcast. I mean, obviously he knows a lot about biathlon because he's a commentator. But mm-hmm. um, no, yeah, he how, has sort of a, the, a different perspective. Yeah, 
Yeah. How uh, did that idea start? I, I must admit, I haven't really listened because it's all in Danish, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's hard to follow that way. But um, so it's it's mostly about you going through life as a biathlete. Is that right? Um, it's um, mostly about biathlon. Um, it's because, well, it started, the idea started because um, a lot of people at least in Denmark and Greenland, they they like to follow biathlon, but they don't necessarily know a lot about it. Uh, so it's like to educate those who are interested. Um, and because Christian, he is such a nerd on biathlon. <laughs> He's a, people, they always, whenever I say his name in, in Denmark or Greenland, they always say, oh, oh, he's he's so good at commentating because he always comes with these fun facts about biathlon and it makes it so much more fun to follow on the TV. Uh, and then I thought that he would be a really good uh, podcast uh, partner because mm-hmm. he kind of likes talking about that nerdy stuff and I yeah. can be like the insight to the biathlon world. Yeah. Uh, and so far that's been it's been really fun recording because that's that's what we do we we talk a little bit about like our life what has happened and and what we are doing uh, in the biathlon world and then mm-hmm. we kind of nerd nerd out about stuff <laughs> about biathlon and was uh, that well, a, a specific decision you made to do it in danish because if you do it in english your your exposure could be a lot bigger and everybody in denmark probably yeah. speaks english too and you're well, both very, like, pretty much fluent English, so it doesn't yeah. sound like it's a big problem. Well, I mean, I I think most of those who follow us speak Danish, uh, right. so that's why. And, and um, yeah, I guess you could have a bigger reach if it was in English. Um, but uh, I think I think most of those who follow are, are Danish anyways. No, you're missing out on two fans from North America, though. <laughs> oh, well, but it's good that I'm here, though. <laughs> no, true. I was going to say, I, I, I download and listen to every one. I don't necessarily understand anything I'm hearing, but I'm trying. <laughs> I, I promise. I'm glad to hear it. Um, and I was going to say, uh, you know, where, where Christian gets some of those interesting stats is the is the man in the other window over there. Uh, RJ did uh, did give him some of the stats for oh. some of the broadcast. Yeah. So. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, um, oh, I had another thought entirely just escaped out of my head. I'm going to call it COVID brain. So, um, <laughs> well, I was oh, going to ask. Gonna... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, please, RJ. Oh no, I was just I was just going to have a general question more about how your Olympic experience was. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. It was so I had to pinch myself sometimes because it was so crazy that I was even there. Uh, but no, it was it was great. It was a really really different race experience than anything I've ever been to. Uh, because yeah, because it was just it was we were first of all we were closed off completely from from everything else. Uh, and that was really strange. Uh, and did you find that stressful, or were you kind of used to it? I guess you got used to it, but it was just uh, it was it was weird. Uh, but but I guess it was also nice to have that you had that common experience with everyone else inside of the village. Um, so it wasn't so bad and. And what was also really 
strange or cool about being there was that there was suddenly a lot of other sports. It was not right. just mm-hmm. athletes. And, and you were eating and you suddenly saw these big stars that you look up to <laughs> from all the other sports. That was, that was awesome. And, and also that when you were eating, because that's what, where we were the most social, where we saw mm-hmm. the most people, um, it was constantly, some people were going to races, some people came home from races, some people had a day off. So everyone was in a different state of mind and you could really see okay, this person is having a competition today and and this person is just relaxing. And, and that was also, it was just different from yeah, when, yeah. when you are in the World Cup circus. Because were there other Danish slash Greenlandish uh, athletes? Yes, but not in my village. Uh, okay. So there, there were a lot of uh, uh, ice hockey players mm. and um, speed skating mm-hmm. and one alpine skier. Uh, and curling but none of those were in my village uh, so it was actually a big team but we just didn't see them at all right right and yeah. then about the races like you're obviously you know your shooting was pretty decent hey with <laughs> <laughs> no miss at all which you know yeah. is impressive in its own right but then especially at your first olympics it's um but like how did you experience that did you have any expectations or was it more like i just want to you know do my best and we'll see how it goes or uh i think it was a little bit that i i knew i wasn't the best prepared physically um because i had had a lot of races um that winter or before Mm -hmm. that um so i and and also i knew what my level level was in the world cup and i knew that i wouldn't be able to do any good result if i didn't shoot well mm. uh, and i think that was always kind of in the back of my mind uh, so i did some really really good preparations like mentally uh, and also with dry shooting before uh so i was i i when i was racing i had already raced that race 20 times wow. in my head mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't think at all I didn't have to think because I already knew how to do everything um were you clean so, in all those 20 races too uh, <laughs> yeah I guess there I you was. Go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. so I was I was I was uh, really well prepared and um I'm I'm also happy that I did that because um that was the only way I could show off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you, so do you feel like you took a bit more time shooting as well? Or did you stay with your, your normal um, I have no or... idea. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I guess I can, I guess I can see the shooting times afterwards, but I think it was, I, I guess it was like normal. There wasn't any obvious, you, you didn't make a, 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 a an no. effort to, to shoot slower or anything like that, no. clearly. It was no. just uh, going in there. I completely on auto, auto, automatic. Yeah, <laughs> your, your average shooting times were pretty much the same as the World Cup before and the uh, juniors after. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Now, just to remind everybody, this was a, a particularly difficult shooting area too. I mean, there were some some uh some swirling winds and stuff so to to go perfect was was it's not obviously it's it's amazing to go perfect anytime but to go perfect <laughs> this particular time was was uh was pretty amazing too so well, um, i was i was really lucky because those two days that i raced 
it yeah. was a little bit warmer and uh -huh. not as much wind as on the training days because on the so, training days it was crazy there was so much wind rj make sure to edit that out of the podcast just leave in my bit about how windy it was and take out ukulele's uh, <laughs> comments yeah, about, yeah. about it being calmer <laughs> yeah. Now, just to remind everybody, this was a, a particularly difficult shooting area too. I mean, there were some some uh, some swirling winds and stuff. So to to go perfect was was it's not obviously it's it's amazing to go perfect any time, but to go perfect <laughs> this particular time was was uh, was pretty amazing too. So yeah, I looked at your current streak actually, including the Olympics. You have you have thirty one hits in a row now, <laughs> not okay. including not including the the youth and junior to be honest, oh. but uh, like at the World Cup level. So no pressure, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to try to keep that up. <laughs> so what's the uh, what's the summer plan looking like? Uh, well, now I'm in Lilame, um, mm -hmm. and I just had COVID. So uh -huh. I'm uh, like training, tr build up uh, to get ready for training after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later in July, I'll do some, uh, uh, hiking in, in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we have training camp in the beginning of August. And then after that, I'll go direct to Greenland. Okay. Well, where will the training camp be? I think it will be in the North of Norway. Uh, okay. And are you doing the, uh, the blink festival or the no. summer? No, none you of that. disappointed. Well, I wanted to go to the Blink Festival, but it doesn't fit with our training schedule. Mm. So well, you're, only, you're only 20. You got plenty of years to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Have um, you ever have you ever skied up that hill or roller skied no. up that hill? No, no, I've never been there. I've never been okay. to Blink Festival. And then and rope holding. Sorry, Jorn. Um, no, rope holding is, is not going to happen this year. No, no, not that either. Yeah. I was just going to ask, coming off of COVID, like, how do you feel like your form was affected by, um, by having by COVID? Do you feel like you took a step back at all, or is it just like having a having a regular infection? I mean, I just started training, so I don't really know yet. But it's yeah. been it's been okay. Uh, I've done like really slow, uh, trying to get back because I've heard so many stories of people who start too fast uh, and get like late, uh, late post-COVID fatigue. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm trying to take it easy and then we'll see. Um, it wasn't too bad when I had it. I had a couple of days where I felt really bad and then uh, just a few days with a stuffed nose and that was it. So it was like a Good. bad Good. cold, but right, right. nothing worse. Unfortunately, being you know early, mid-July, you've got plenty of time to ramp back up before, before the yeah. fall. I mean, at least it's better to get it now than in, in the fall. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not like you're in, you know, November, December, you've put all the training in and suddenly you've got to yeah, you know, exactly. you know, start over again. Um, and then what is the plan for the fall? Um, then we'll have some training camps. I don't know where yet, but around Norway, uh, mm -hmm. probably. Um, and otherwise just stay here in Dilamid and train. Excellent. All right. No, uh, no elevation camp or what? A high no, altitude? not this year. No. Not this year. I have so much, so many other things to improve. So I'll save that <laughs> for when I don't have anything else. Yeah, that sounds a good plan. Um, Speaking of elevation, what is the elevation of 
I, I, I assume that where you are in Greenland is pretty close to the ocean, so you're probably almost at sea level, right? Yeah, in Greenland it's it's zero, and here yeah. it's uh, I think in Lillehammer it's around three or four hundred. Okay. And it's a, I live a little bit outside Lillehammer, so I think it's like six six or seven hundred here. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Greenland, totally depending fine. on where you are, it depends on the uh, ice thickness. In the Greenland? Elevation. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, everyone lives by the coast. So right. it's, yeah, yeah. it's zero everywhere. But if you would train in the middle of the ice, <laughs> you could yeah. be you could have, have an uh, altitude camp there. <laughs> yeah. It's like Florida and the sand dunes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to move to some general questions that we ask uh most of our guests so do you think you would do any other sport if you weren't in biathlon yeah for sure uh i would probably do cross-country skiing just because that's close to biathlon but um, i did a lot of sports as a kid i did um orienteering Mm -hmm. and um running and swimming and uh yeah i guess that's it so I would, yeah, I would either be a cross-country skier or a runner, probably. Okay. Um, so what combination of sports, like with biathlon, you've got skiing and shooting. So what two sports would you put together to, to create a new sport? Oh, hmm. Uh, that's a hard question. Um... This is always the hardest question, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've stumped everybody. I think, uh, I think maybe even Christian might have been the only one who actually had an answer ready to go. Oh, what was his answer? Uh, was it was he was the one that said running up, was it running up stairs, stairs. and then playing chess? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's <laughs> yeah. funny. Mm, it would be cool to have like a like a ball game, like like tennis or or football Uh and then combine that with with some track like cycling or like bike for around and then you do a tennis match yeah that's interesting so actually that reminds me a little bit of um what is it modern pentathlon where there's like uh, running and shooting and fencing and stuff and, and horseback riding. And mm. so, I don't know, it's just, uh, it, for some reason, it reminded me of the the fencing part of that, you know, the the tennis match. And then I guess it makes me think of the, any, any sport. Uh, but that any, makes me think of tennis with a fence around the court. Have, <laughs> where you have some sort of like mental element to it and then a physical part. I think that's the exciting like biathlon, where you have the shooting and the skiing, and then the orienteering, where you also have some running and then some mental aspect mm-hmm, of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it exciting. Yeah. So um, I'm actually going to stop you right here. I have to ask. I have been looking around behind you. Is this your room? Are you in your room right now? I'm in my living room. The living room. There is art all over the place. Yeah. And I know that you are an artist from Instagram. I meant to ask about this earlier. If you weren't an athlete, uh, would you be pursuing a career in art? Because I, I mean, it, it definitely looks like you could. Yeah, I think I would. I, I really wanted to be an artist before I started doing biathlon, and I, I still do it 
a lot, especially when I'm sick or or um, have to do something else uh, than mm-hmm. training. Uh, yeah, I I wanted to go to like an art school or something, but it's not so easy to combine with with biathlon. <laughs> now there's a combination, you know, uh, <laughs> art and then uh, cross country skiing. <laughs> yeah, it would be cool. Yeah, but like pre for sure and after after my career. Post biathlon painting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Um. So. I'm going to be uh, a little, make it a little more tricky, but um, our, our other typical question is uh, if you can pick any nation to represent, which one would you pick and why? And um, like I said, we'll make it picky. So Norway, Greenland, and Denmark are not options. Oh, shit. I was going to say Greenland <laughs> for the Olympics. Um, uh, maybe, maybe Iceland. Hmm. I think, hmm. I think they need some more athletes. Because yeah. they don't have any on the World Cup or IBU no, Cup. No, not in any. not in biathlon. I, they have some cross country skiers, but uh, they all live in Norway. Okay. Yeah. So. And I think you could. I think you could train there. I think there are some tracks, but yeah, I'd say Iceland. Now, if I remember correctly, uh, Iceland is actually green. <laughs> is this right? Yeah. Like there's actually like <laughs> I've never heard no, that. No, no, is that is that true? Like there's actually like trees and Yeah. Yeah, Iceland yeah. is pretty green. Okay. Yeah, no, I I I <laughs> silly American yeah, over here. Do you know but... the story behind this? No. It was um Eric the Red, um mm-hmm. this Viking who was actually from Norway but he uh moved to Iceland. Mm-hmm. He came to Greenland. Um and I think he was he had done some crime. He had killed someone, so he was uh, <laughs> he was uh, expelled from the town or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he came to Greenland, um, and because he wanted more more Icelanders to come uh, mm-hmm. to Greenland, he called it Greenland, so it would sound ah. more attractive. <laughs> so that's why it's called Greenland. Oh man, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, false yeah. advertising there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it found was it funny that the earliest spe- version of clickbait. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Did you specify that that uh, he got banished from Iceland for killing someone? I, <laughs> yeah, I it was pretty common amongst the Vikings. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it must have been somebody important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it was so, his neighbor. Oh no! <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lesson to self. Um, would you? Can you describe what a, a World Cup week for you looks like when you're not training or or racing? Like, so what do you do during the rest of the days uh, when you have time off? Uh, what did you say for a World Cup week? Like when you're, yeah, where you're, say, in Antholtz um, or or one of the events. Uh, so for the days that I'm not racing, um, I if the shooting range range is open, I do some shooting. Mm-hmm. And maybe some classic skiing, uh, or I just do classic without shooting. And then, um, I lo- it's usually like in the middle of the day, so the whole it's like a long morning with a lot of time to just relax and eat a good breakfast. And then maybe I read and watch television. 
and make a nice dinner with my mom. Uh, sometimes, or at least before COVID, we would uh, go out and see the town and maybe go mm -hmm. to a cafe or a restaurant or something like that. And now it's not so much because, yeah, <laughs> COVID. Um, and then we we always bring uh, uh, settlers of Catan. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> so you play that a lot. Uh, sometimes also with the other athletes uh, from Australia or from Great oh. Britain or uh, New Zealand or, yeah, those other small countries. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that makes me think of another question. Um, so obviously it's going to be hard for you whilst racing for Greenland to have a relay team. How would you, like, what do you think of the idea to have um, relay teams of combined nation, combined smaller nations? Oh, that like would be, that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be, I think that would be a good idea for IB or I think IBU would like that idea because they, they really want to lift the small nations too. Mm -hmm. And then you would actually, yeah, be able to have a relay team. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who would be your ideal uh, relay partners, either for just like a, a you know, a, a women's relay or even like a single mix or something like that? Oh, for a single mix, it would be Sturla. Sturla Holmagdad. <laughs> <laughs> and then if it was a, a women's, then... Um, oh, Denise Herman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teresa Vobornikova. Oh, check. Yeah. And uh, maybe Marte Ulspiresland. Yeah, well, that'd be a solid team. Yeah. Now, the the one name that stood out there to me was uh, Teresa Vobornikova. Um, she's obviously young, like you are. Do you have you? interacted with her a lot on like the the junior level or like the as you guys have been coming up together yeah we have been uh yeah because we are i think she's one year older than me but mm -hmm. she's also one of the young ones in the world cup um and obviously when we were juniors we raced a lot together and we were on the podium together in uh <laughs> yeah. in the youth world championships uh so yeah we we talk when we are uh, on races and i think nice. also that uh, next year she will be really good so if we we're at yeah. a relay team next year she, we would we would be solid oh you guys would be amazing yeah um because she i think she is going to be racing more is am i am i correct in assuming this more full-time with the the world cup level this coming yeah. year yeah 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 i know she had an excellent um juniors uh and soldier hollow as well i think she yeah she did uh, yeah she was she was she on was fire on yeah, I think every, every race. Every race.